Welcome to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. Through this podcast series, you'll become educated on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and gain practical knowledge on how to apply what you learn in daily life. Listen and learn about each of the 30 articles and actions you can take to help promote and protect these human rights for yourself and others. Here's your host, United for Human Rights Ambassador and President's Volunteer Service Award recipient, Ellen Firestone. everyone. Today we will be learning about the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 22, the right to social security. Our special guest is Harold Souza, founder and president of Eyes Open International. Harold is a human trafficking survivor turned advocate, turned human rights hero, and soon to be film star. There are currently two different films in production telling about his harrowing journey from slave to advocate. His family story is one of survival, resilience, and finally triumph. Harold was appointed to the United States Advisory Council on Human Trafficking, first by President Obama, and then again by President Trump. He has come to be viewed as an inspiration for those caught in the clutches of human trafficking. You may wonder why he is here to speak about the right to social security. Stay tuned and find out from this role model for social kindness. Hi, Harold. Thanks so much for being here today. We're so glad to have you back. Thank you, Ellen Firestone. You are welcome. So before we get more into Article 22, please tell us a little bit about Eyes Open International. Yes, Eyes Open International is a non-profit organization registered under 501c3, and it is focused on prevention, education, protection, and empowerment of victims, survivors, vulnerable populations and community members globally on human trafficking. That's labor and sex trafficking. Wow. Good. So a couple of weeks ago, I saw some photos of Harold on Facebook with a shopping cart and his car full of food and other products. And so I called him and asked what he was doing. Harold, can you share a bit about what you told me? Yeah, uh, Alan, that was very observative of you to watch <laughs> or see me on Facebook. Yeah. But uh, I'll be very honest that I'm very passionate that no human being on this planet should sleep with an empty stomach. Uh -huh. You know, I don't know why, because uh, to be honest, Ellen, during my situation of labor trafficking and debt bondage in the United States of America, my two boys and including my family, we have slept without food or we were starving. So there is difference between starvation and, and hunger. So Starvation means there is no food. You might pick anything from the trash and eat whatever you get. Mm -hmm. so, so my passion was just to help our community members in Cincinnati, Ohio. And it is just natural. Like I remember my father telling me as a child, and I've seen it and uh, witnessed it, Alan, that one person's meal, four people can eat. Mm -hmm. But four person's meal, one person cannot eat. So I believe in sharing caring for our community members, not only in, in the U.S., but globally. Thank you. Wonderful, Harold. Um, so Article 22 says that everyone as a member of society has the right to social security and is entitled to realization through national effort and international cooperation and in accordance with the organization and resources of each state of the economic, social, and cultural rights indispensable for his dignity and the free development of his personality. 
So in the United States, you probably think of Social Security as something that aids the older population in retirement. And Social Security is a federal program that provides income and health insurance to retired persons, the disabled, the poor, and other groups. We are talking about universal human rights. And I found an interesting statistic on the UN website from 2016 that said 55% of the world's population, about 4 billion people, did not benefit from any form of social protection. Now you can see and, and Harold is doing, and you know, I realized he is participating in this social security idea in the form of social kindness. So there are 30 human rights and they are universal. And yet over half the people on earth do not benefit from any form of social protection. So what do we do about that? And this is one of the reasons I asked Harold to speak about this human right because of what he is doing in the form of social kindness. So Harold, even though we have a form of social security in the US, what more are you finding that is needed so that all people are treated with dignity and have the opportunity for the free development of their personality? Yes, Alan, like you said, Article 22 of the United Nations and uh, what you're trying to do is enlighten and educate our community members uh, globally. I always believe that it is good that the in the United States of America, we have the SSN, the social security benefits. Mm-hmm. And in many countries, like you rightly said, you gave the data right now, is that in many countries, there is no such concept of social security or any such benefits to senior citizens or to the people who are the local nationals. So US has got a good program all said and done. I, I really respect because I am a foreign national and I'm really touched with certain programs that United States has in place for their citizens. And it should be like a role model for many countries to incorporate and develop that sustainability for each and every one. So I am very much uh, in favor of whatever that social security uh, tax, I don't know, benefits are getting deducted from the salary because it's basically for the community members and for the senior citizens right. and for the US citizens. So I'm in full support, but I just want to end on one note, Alan, is that every individual on this planet has the power to contribute back to the community. Yes. And uh, I'm not doing anything great, but I feel if I can do something, why not? And uh, I add, I do not have the stats right now in front of me, but I had seen it somewhere that when a person dies, mm-hmm. whoever it is, and mostly I'm talking about people who are very affluent or who have crossed the level of, of above the poverty level and they're self-sufficient, that I think they do not even spend 28% of their income wow. in, on, on themselves. So whatever is, so when they die, so there are, I don't have the actual stats, but when they die, so I think above 70% of their wealth savings are left behind oh my goodness wow so i was like i said oh wow and i said why not do certain things in life when i'm alive that and, is uh, yes that's great that's my, that's my funda <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's your philosophy good so harold like uh you know you, we talked about the united states and we know what happens here but according to un statistics over half the world does not have any type of social protection What forms of social security or social protection are in place in India? This is a very good question. And I'll be very honest with my own personal living example as a child until date. I keep going to India every year. Mm -hmm. There is no safety, security or stability in terms of financial support to Indian citizens. When I say Indian citizens means including who are 
senior people who have retired and even people who are poor or even people who are in the middle class there is no package like you have a social security benefits in the united states of america india does not have one in place you have individual benefits like when you retire like you have 401k here mm-hmm. so you have pf that is public fund a public provident fund from the mm-hmm. employer but that yeah. also is not available to each and every individual and yeah. uh, i don't know when that will happen i know there are a lot of challenges in india in terms of poverty in terms of political situation so this needs to be implemented i think in india and many countries across the world yes thank you thank you harold and it is true and a reminder that this this is a human right it's part of the universal declaration of human rights and i believe the the founders and the authors of this declaration really thought about what it was going to take for us to to live in in peace and tolerance and then also this idea of full development of the human personality there's certain things that people need and to be treated with dignity and also to be able to achieve their full potential so this this is one of them so again you know over half of the people do not have it and and it needs some work so harold you and i have spoken on more than one occasion about how the real power is in the people what are some of the things people can do to promote or protect this human right i think every individual like you rightly said self dignity and every individual on this planet even if he is rich or poor you have the capability and capacity to do within your own zone or in your own community members even if you are working in mcdonalds i'm just giving an example mm-hmm. you don't need a lot of money you can volunteer your time at so many non profit organizations and you can share and care for your community members you do not have to i do not believe that i have to always be uh, not a burden or always be i need support from joe biden or from the ohio government uh-huh. or the governor's office or from job and family okay or the stimulus package which is good you need that till a particular level mm-hmm. or unemployment but once you are you are capable of doing it you should see how you can give back to the community yes that, that... that's very important like giving back is very important everyone goes through ups and downs uh, alan you know mm-hmm. i have also gone through my ups and downs and social catholic charities did help me during my trafficking situation mm-hmm. but i'll be very honest uh, alan it was it was always my self esteem or my self dignity that i never wanted to take any unwanted benefits from mm-hmm. the government or from community members when i am physically mentally and spiritually capable of working and i didn't mind working even at a low profile i worked at stores i've done i have cleaned restrooms i got paid mm-hmm. so i didn't i didn't i am highly i am educated but it didn't bother me as far as i could get food on the table for my family and mm-hmm. work i could sleep well at night yes and i think you you just touched on something very very important these programs are meant for people who need help and at any time in anyone's life they may need a little help and that's what these are there for they're not meant for life you know to to be supported for life unless you do have a, a disability that prevents you from being able to work this particular human right and the next two articles 23 and 24 all have to do with work or the ability to work the the right to work and then article 24 will get into the right to play so also the right to have time off from work and and it's very important so and work is an extremely important part of life you know we spend about 70% of our time working so we should enjoy it we should be 
you know, achieving our potential and all, all of that. But um, like this particular human right, like you said, it is, it is meant to help someone when they are in need. And it's interesting because the other thing I want to point out, I, I read an article just this morning. It was in the Philadelphia Inquirer newsletter, daily newsletter, that talked about the city taking millions from social security benefits belonging to children in foster care and, and pumping the money into its own general fund. And that that becomes an issue too, because, you know, especially when you, when you are putting money into a fund that it's used for what it was intended for. And there is a councilwoman who's doing something about it, you know, passing a bill so that that kind of thing doesn't happen. But it, it's, again, when we talk about the powers in the people, you know, what do you think about citizens getting more educated and engaged and communicating to their own government's senators, representatives about, you know, what is in the annual budget? How are we spending citizens' money? Are there more important things to be spending on? Because basically the money comes from taxpayers and the power of a government in a democracy comes from the citizens. So should we play more of an active role in how our money is being spent to ensure we have social security for our people? And what more can we do ourselves outside of the government to ensure our neighbors are treated with dignity and we all achieve the full development of our personalities? That's an easy question, right? <laughs> yes, yes, Ellen. You, know, you, you said it very powerfully and passionately that the government in the United States of America should definitely prioritize that there is enough funds for social security for all the people because it's a question of trust. It's mm -hmm. a question of faith. And I just want to give a small example, you know, Alan, just last week, I was helping one of the victims who, uh, who is a survivor of domestic servitude. She's 78 years old. She works as a janitor in a church and I've taken her, I'm working with her. So I've taken her to a, one of the nonprofit organization and they said they'd be willing to help you with food and with basic needs uh -huh. and, uh, and take care of your needs. I was so touched. She said, no, please help people who do not have food. I'm working. I can buy my own food. Wow. Wow. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this lady has not seen her family for the last 26 years. She's mm -hmm. going through a lot of trauma. But at the same breath, her integrity, her concern for the community members in the US. And I thought that she will jump and take the benefits because she's struggling. It's not that she's very affluent. Uh -huh. But later on, when I was driving her back, she does not drive. She told me, Harold, you know, I don't want to steal anything from the poor people. There are many people who do not have food in the wow. US. Let them mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. I can afford, I can afford food. So, wow. so like you rightly said, you gave some examples, what you said in, you read in the Inquirer, is that people in the United States of America are very honest, humble, and good human beings. So when any money has been taken, it is our personal responsibility to ensure that it goes to the right cause. I'll be very, I want to share one example of ICE Open International. Yes. I do not have an office. I operate from the house. Mm-hmm. And whatever funding I get for anybody donates any money to Eyes Open International, I ensure that 80% goes to the victims or survivors. So there are a lot of people volunteering for Eyes Open International, Alan. I have a regional director in India uh, who is Riday Rawal. I have a regional director in Canada who is Viona Dixon. So no one is getting paid. There's no salary. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll be honest. You can talk to them directly. And... Uh, we take care of their expenses, any basic expenses. So they operate from the house. Mm -hmm. And they also run food drives in their own country. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and that was what I was going to say too. Again, this isn't just about the United States. We are fortunate enough in this country to have some type of social security program, but also that we too can reach across our borders to help 
other people who have nothing. So with that, Harold, is there anything else you would like to share about this particular human right or any of the 30 human rights? I think all 30 human rights are very good. And I know that we did article four on, I think it was labor trafficking. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to practice it like all individuals. It's not only the United Nations or the governments or the politicians or businessmen or philanthropists, but like what you are doing, Alan uh, Firestone on your show, on your podcast, I'm very passionate. I'm very uh, touched with your humanity. And I don't know myself that how we got connected. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I just don't know. Like, it seems that I I know you since like you're my childhood uh, schoolmate. Yes. I've not even met you physically. (laughs) Right. Yes. We haven't even met in person. You're right. Yeah. We have just met virtually or we have spoken on the phone, but the connection is so strong. The chemistry is so strong. Right. Right. You know, that I am very touched that what you do for humanity. And that is what we want every individual to focus and to be a good human beings and to help each other. Like I always like the probe or saying of Mother Teresa. She always practiced and preached. And that is, I try to follow at Eyes Open International. And that is, do not waste time judging people. Just love them. And that is what you are doing, Alan. In, oh, in thank you, Harold. <laughs> yes, it's it's so true. I mean, that that is exactly what we need to do. Thank you, Harold, for being here today and for sharing again all the wonderful things you are doing. And anything else you would like to share? Yes, uh, Alan. I just would like to share with all my friends uh, globally is that if you or anyone you suspect is a victim of labor trafficking or sex trafficking, please dial 1-888-373-7888 in the United States of America. Thank you. Wonderful. All right, Harold, thanks a lot. And we will talk again soon. Thank you, Alan. I really appreciate that. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What an amazing role model for human rights and social kindness. To learn more about Harold and his organization, visit eyesopeninternational.org. To take an online course and learn all 30 of your human rights, visit humanrights.com. And be sure to be on the lookout for the next episode on Article 23, The Right to Work. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. To learn more, visit thefirestone.org.